0: Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode in the series of the Sensing the Wild podcasts which is supported by Going for Independence, a community interest company and with the support from the Heritage Lottery Fund. Our aim is to keep our listeners who are isolated at home informed about nature and what is happening in their local area in a descriptive, auditory way. The Royal National Institute for the Blind, the RNIB, have taken an interest in our podcast for people with sight loss and have featured us this week on the Radio Connect show to inform people around the country about our scheme and to widen our audience. Today's podcast reminisces about the walks we have had with the members of the Stockton Focus Group and members from the Tees and District Society for the Blind. I will also talk about the Tees Valley Nature partnership with Sue from The Trust. We will also visit the beautiful tree-lined spaces in Linthorpe Cemetery in the borough, Middlesbrough, and have conversations with the friends of Linthorpe who helped to look after the cemetery, and also there will be a dedication to Derek, one of our sighted guides who sadly passed away in May. At the end of the broadcast I will provide you with the contact details of the featured articles so please make the podcast your favourite and review it online to help our publicity and funding. So let's crack on and enjoy the podcast. Remember it's local and it's made for you. Now as promised, we will hear about the Tees Nature Conference, which is a partnership conference of all the region's nature trusts. The focus is to share knowledge and to support working together for the good of our wildlife. The conference was held in June and Sue Antrobus, the Tees Valley Wildlife Trust's Green Spaces Manager, shares her thoughts about how it was to partake in a virtual online conference from home.
1: It's a really peculiar conference, because normally you go to a conference, you listen to people, you have loads of tea, loads of cake, it's a chance to catch up, but this time, we had to do it virtually. Um, so, um, the Wildlife Trust, the Nature Partnership, when they were organising, you can imagine how nervous they were, because there was over 100 people booked on, and we had live speakers, we had video bits... Uh, and we, we even had a panel and people could vote online for different things and breakout workshops so my colleagues at work I think they did an amazing job um, it was really it was actually very very good
0: Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it and I was just baking some scones in my kitchen as I was listening to it and I'd actually tuned into one of the workshops which was the fishing workshop yeah. which was the, t- the Canal Trust yes. and um, I, had, I got an opportunity to ask a question about the signal crayfish which oh. are absolutely overrunning in yeah. our rivers and I got an e- immediate answer back so, yeah. um, I was really pleased with
1: that. Sue. Well, I went to a different workshop, and mine was really fun. It was about growing food. Um, but the two ladies who were doing it from Barefoot Kitchen—they were picking the um, salads and stuff in their like community allotment—and then they got out a frying pan and they cooked a um, scrambled egg oh, um, with all these things, and that was fantastic. Oh. Nothing else we couldn't sample it. Yeah. Um, true. So that was that yeah. was really
0: fun. I mean, it was an ambitious thing to do. Yeah. to hold a conference virtually yeah. like that the first time that you've ever done it and I have to say congratulations because it was a, was a mean feat, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, there was a few glitches but it's not surprising really and I have to, I mean uh, I should, don't know if I should admit this being employed by the Wildlife Trust I listened, was listening to it and I, I did some ironing at the same time <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> This is called working from home so, and it actually works <laughs> It was really good but um, I think um, for me, because I was the last speaker, so I was yeah. really nervous because uh-huh. we were doing it by uh, we had to then phone in through WhatsApp before anything could go wrong, yes. and we'd had a run through the day before and we had our slides. But then um, it was like a panel, and people could ask us any questions. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit scary, but, uh-huh. but really enjoyed it. Yeah, really yeah. Enjoyed and
0: it. and so necessary, oh, isn't yes. it, to keep all the all the agencies involved in nature in the northeast of England, yeah. you know, on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, and it, went towards It was, towards the it was good ends. because
1: this was like about the Tees Valley, and I I enjoyed the bits of film and the bits of music. And the one bit we had was um, our chap Matt, who's our looks after our nature reserves, and he was out doing a walk down Saltburn live. Yeah. Um, and I think the reception was a bit iffy. Yeah. And then at one point, a, ju- a dog came up and jumped all over yeah. him. Um, so there was there was bits we couldn't plan for, but I don't know. Yeah. I think it added to it. The only thing was right normally, you know, you have a nice lunch at a conference and then sometimes you go for a drink yes, afterwards. Um, yes, yeah. so we do. So we did miss out on, on, on that.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure you could have a coffee and a nice piece of cake and <laughs> while you're watching
1: the conference. Yes. Treat yourself, that's what yeah. I
0: say. Thanks very much, Sue, for that. And thank mm-hmm. you for, and for your continued work as well with the Tees Valley Wildlife Trust in the Green Spaces Project. It's absolutely amazing what you're doing and uh, very much appreciated by our listeners. Oh, thank you. Okay. Like the details of how to access the Tease Nature Conference 2020? I'm going to give you the details at the end of this podcast. Our next feature. Is about Linthorpe Cemetery in Middlesbrough, a quirky green space which popularity is growing as a destination for visiting historical gothic architecture and headstone monuments. It's a special jewel in the crown in the heart of a busy town called Middlesbrough and we have fun today talking to the volunteers, friends of Linthorpe Cemetery who are a wealth of knowledge about the history of the graveyards. The volunteers are hands-on in keeping this place nice for us to visit. They get down to it on hands and knees to create wild habitat for insects, butterflies and moths to thrive. Here is Malcolm who is helping some visitors find a gravestone marker and he tells us all about the size of the cemetery. You've got a lovely morning to walk round and find it anyway. Yeah. Enjoy and, the birds. And, and look at
2: the gorgeous place. And have a look
0: at the gorgeous place and the mature trees we've got here. Is absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, nice isn't it? It's an absolute nice oasis cool. in the middle of a, an industrial town. I know, I know. Mm. We live just over that way. Do you? Yeah.
2: Well, we've got 53 acres here. Mm-hmm. And, people say, it is. and people say, so what's 53 acres? This. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. if you imagine that you get six football fields to an acre Mm. Mm -hmm. 50 times six Six. is over 300 football fields
1: yeah
2: Yeah. (laughs) does that make it a little bit more Mm. it
1: does
2: we some park in the middle here
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah malcolm when did you achieve the um conservation status
2: um basically we we took that on board about 2002 okay when The group was actually getting more established. Yeah. And they actually gave us this area that we're in now Mm -hmm. as um, a nature reserve. Okay. Partially because it was easier to let us run it as a nature reserve than to try and maintain it because at that time it was overgrown with brambles. Yeah. We've been able to pull a lot of the brambles back to make it as beautiful as it is now. Yes. And also, we're getting all these other plants coming out because of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: But have you still left some brambles for habitat? Oh, yes. For birds,
2: yeah. I I could take you to over an area there where the brambles are taller than you are. Really, (laughs) really. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here... You'll see where we actually got some trees mm-hmm. and that's our nursery area. Okay. If you go into there you've got roan, you've got ash, you've got beech. Yeah. Um basically, so if we want to take one and put it elsewhere, it's in the 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 trouble not bringing a tree in from somewhere else, it's being grown in good soil yes, or whatever. That's
0: true, I understand the that. The soil in yeah. the
2: cemetery is heavy clay. Yeah. That's why the trees take an awful long time to grow. Ah, I see. The, because it hasn't
0: got the nutrients. You've
2: hit the word yeah. on the head. Yeah, yeah. It should do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so holds them. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: But um, so, an awful lot of these trees are 100 to 150 years old. And I know for chestnut trees, 150 years, they start falling down. Yeah. Ash trees, if they last 60, 70 years, they're doing well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So... We have to be aware that some of these trees are dying. Mm. They're getting to the end of their natural life.
0: You see this one behind you, Malcolm. It's got something growing up it like some kind of invasive species.
2: Well, actually, it's ivy is it And as you can if you go all the way up, it's uh, one of the one of the pines.
0: Yes, it looks like a but, Scottish pine, uh, is yeah. it?
2: But it's one of the pines. Yeah, isn't?
0: yeah, but it looks like a, a very mature one. It's been there no, a long it, time. It is hasn't a very it? mature one. <laughs> Probably fifty years plus I would say to grow oh, that size. Yes. Yeah.
2: Even though pines are quick growing.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But that's a really mature tree. It is, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: There's an elm down there that actually is dead. Yeah. But still stood up. Right. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> had to come okay. in and take some of the limbs off because they were getting a little bit um dangerous.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know this vine that's growing up this tree here, the fir tree, would you trim at the bottom, you know, cut the stems no, so they're well, not going to kill not, the tree?
2: Not necessary because it's not actually killing the tree Right um, There are times there, there was a tree over there where we mm. actually had to take them down because it, it actually encompassed the tree so much yeah. that the tree was
0: it was sapping all the, exactly. the, the goodness out of the, out of uh, the trunk. So what we yeah. did, we
2: went and cut uh, right round the tree.
0: Yeah. A
2: space two foot long, and okay. over a period of two three years, it died.
0: Oh, the, the, the yeah. yeah, the
2: ivy died. It wasn't getting yeah. the goodness from the bottom. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that was seriously overlooked. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Malcolm. Um, Malcolm explained the area was designated a local nature reserve which supports a range of wildlife including foxes, tawny owls, species of bat, a greater spotted woodpecker, and a tree creeper bird which I saw running vertically up the tree trunk. Here we have one calling to us. It's a very high-pitched, shrill call, isn't it? Yeah, I had an enjoyable time with my grandson and watching the tree creeper and then all of a sudden the heavens opened so I thought I'd record the rain for you. So it's the rain coming through the canopy of the treetops. Both my grandson and I were thoroughly drenched after that but we stayed on to listen to the birds waking up after the rain and then they started to sing again in the trees so I recorded that for you too. Here we go. Mm. that's amazing you can get your hands right into it thing. into the crevices lots and lots of spiders it's and a beautiful leaves. tree of a dry wow hear
1: that crunch
0: The apple trees in Linthorpe Cemetery are absolutely bowing with apples. I don't know what kind of apples they are. They look like a general, like a cox's pippin or something like that. Anyway, Zane's going to try. My grandson's going to try one now. What do you think of it,
1: Zane? <coughs> Is it too sour? It's too sour.
0: <laughs> Zane was keen to make some music so he experimented firstly by rubbing a hollow dead tree trunk then he sped off to the central square where he played music on the metal structures. The structures are an artistic interpretation of wildflowers which stand on platforms of riveted metals and rolled steel depicting engineering and the industrial heritage of Middlesbrough. The art installation is called Growth by Ian McEwan from 2007. (laughs) Haha, <laughs> he's not exactly John Bonham out of Led Zeppelin, is he? But who knows, there's still time. He's only nine. Anyway, we're going to go now to, to speak with John because John has a wealth of knowledge about the gravestones in the cemetery and he's done a lot of documented work on them. So he's John.
3: Well, over the last 14 years, I've taken over twelve thousand photographs of the headstones in the cemetery. Wow! Um, I've now started to transcribe the inscriptions on the headstones, mm. so there'll be a record. At the moment, bereavement services have a copy of all the photographs on right. the CD.
0: Yeah.
3: Friends of Lymthorpe Cemetery have got a copy and side Archives have a copy. Mm. So they're readily available to anyone to see if they're doing research or... We get requests from people as far away from Australia I'm sure. looking for Parents, grandparents, yes. relatives, and of
0: course ancestry. Having ancestry online, people will be researching for their family trees as well. Yeah. So I suppose you get inquiries through that.
3: Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Also, there's a site called Find a Grave, mm. and quite often people know that the cemetery is here and the bed. Relative is paid there, yes, and they ask for photographs yes. and information. So, right. this, this is the one we're looking for,
0: okay? Yeah, oh, you've got pictures of the actual headstones as well.
2: Well, it's the little pot there.
0: Oh, right, we think yes. found
2: that one, yes, that's the, that's the little yeah, baby one, fantastic. one.
0: yeah,
1: which is my yeah, great aunt,
0: really. Mm. How amazing is that?
3: Eh? <laughs> yeah, so, we're, we're trying and I to think
2: find that, that is that... my
1: great aunt and my great great grandfather
0: mm-hmm. do you yeah. do ancestry as well I do yeah you do you do in your do, family yeah. tree
2: so, you've just seen um, a little flagstone over there 1763 I don't know what it was it was just a little yeah it just, it just uh, where is it we've just right? passed it now it, you go up up to there and then you go left yeah it's just along there oh yeah. is it it's, it's about uh, a, it's foot a foot it's just a little and all it says isn't it it's 1763
0: oh, oh we'll have a look <laughs> we've found it and it does say 1763. Yeah. Just a square piece of sandstone. Uh, you've been I mean, coming here for a while then? have been coming
3: here for years, yeah. Have you? You, you, still, you still find things yeah. you, you don't... Uh, yeah, you don't noticed.
0: expect. Yeah, that's it, you've yeah. you never
3: noticed before. You think, hey, I've yeah. never seen that one. Man.
0: Have you come across any interesting gravestones then? Well,
3: the... And uh, your travels. The Red Indian.
0: The Red Morse... Indian? I am fascinated <laughs> to hear about this character.
3: Moses was, was Carpenter, he was one... He he was in with a travelling you know they used to do travelling wild west shows. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it was 1869 he come over here. Really? He was 45 uh-huh. and then uh, he contracted uh, pneumonia. Did he, he? He died and it was the old uh, Yeah, yeah. The old uh, uh Wesleyan hospital not. West oh, Lane, right. Infirmary hospital. Really? It was. Yeah. And um, yeah he died so there's a, there's a the grave stone over there and a plaque for him as well.
0: Really I'm gonna to have to find it and then I'll read out uh, to the listeners, you know what it says on his headstone. Yeah. No, it's up here. apparently Moses was a visiting Mohawk Indian and was part of an entourage of a medicine man he sold cures for ailments and he died in the infirmary in 1889 of pneumonia I hope your memories have been reignited by some of the playful antics in the cemetery today, and especially those antics of laughter and a reminder of the cheerful playfulness of our sighted guy volunteer Derek, who was such fun. Can you remember? In the autumn, we played a game of conkers with him, and one lady from Poland said she had learnt the game for the first time, and it, as it was not a custom in her country. We have lost a dear friend, and we must say a fond farewell. Derek passed away suddenly on the 30th of May after a short illness, and he is sadly missed by us all. Derek was chairperson of the Friends Group for eight years. He was a leader and a great encourager. He was full of enthusiasm for the Nature Reserve and the Sensing the Wild project. He is sadly missed by us all. Our condolences to his family. finale to our podcast today will be to share some good news yes it's the news you've all been waiting for we are now allowed to meet for the sensing the wild walks very soon pam and i are planning the walks for september under the strict government guidance rules full protection will be provided for you if anyone wants to bring along a family member as their sighted guide on the walk they will be made very welcome by us these arrangements will be made prior to the walk as they will be conducted differently to the previous walks. You will be contacted about your individual needs as some of you may feel nervous about being outside after such a long time. You can contact myself and Pam at this email address going for that's a number four going for independence at Ymail com and you can also ring us on this number zero one two eight seven two zero four two zero four The RNIB, the Royal National Institute for the Blind Connect Radio Link about our project is as follows it's on audioboom.com forward slash post forward slash 7634070 sensing the wild podcasts and the presenter is paulina The link to the Tees Nature Conference 2020, which was held in June, can be found at www.teesvalleynaturepartnership.org.uk This podcast called the Sensing the Wild podcast by Toffee Doe, that's T-O-F-F-E-E-D-O-E, can be found on all major platforms now as Google Podcast, Tuned In, Spotify, Podcast and Anchor. And it also can be found on Amazon Alexa, by saying to the digital speaker Alexa, play Sensing the Wild podcast by Toffee Doe, and name the episode number, for example, episode 1, 2 or 3. For those people who struggle with the technology, we now have some funding for CDs and USB sticks which will play on your daisy player or a CD player. And we will be in contact with you shortly to find out which medium you prefer. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please make it your favourite on the app platform and rate us on a review. And I will look forward to the next one which will feature walks in Errington Woods, Redcar and or Ward Jackson Park in Hartlepool. So on behalf of the GFI going for independence team, keep safe and well everyone.